you are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. For the sixth consecutive year, the Atlanta Braves are the champions of the National League East, and we've got lots to talk about on this edition of the Lockdown Sports Atlanta Braves postcast. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after one of the days that I think fans look forward to all year long. It's the first box you check, I think, on your way throughout the postseason. The Braves, I guess, had already handled the business of clinching a playoff spot, but they had their eyes on the National League East from the day they reported to spring training all the way on, and now they can set their sights on the postseason and three more champagne celebrations. We'll talk all about that. And, of course, the one that they're enjoying in Philadelphia tonight and some sweet irony from how the 2022 season ended. A 4-1 victory behind Spencer Strider gave the Braves three out of four in the series, took the magic number down to zero, and gave the Braves yet another NLE's crown. Before we get started, I want to remind you, as always, to, to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Make sure you click that bell. You'll get a notification every time we drop a new episode. Leave us a like and a comment if you're a fan of games like this. And, who wouldn't be, then we appreciate all of those immensely and make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, this is one of those nights, again, as I mentioned, one of the steps you want to take along the way of accomplishing the dream of being World Series champions and the Atlanta Braves, they put a lot of value on this NLE's title. Yeah, and they should. I mean, it's it's not easy, uh, obviously, although the Braves have made it look so much, especially this year, doing it as early as they have. But, you know, winning a sixth consecutive National League East title and doing it in the fashion that they have done this year, I think makes it a little bit different. I mean, it was pretty much domination from beginning to end. It really does. This has felt much more like a, you know, bell to bell, wire to wire. I mean, there were some places where you felt like, well, maybe the club's wavering just a little bit, but right about the time those thoughts would creep into your mind, well, they'd go on another winning streak or they'd have a month of June the way that they did, or they'd turn around the month of August and turn themselves right back into the powerhouse that they've shown themselves to be from pretty much opening day on. And they've done it despite some injuries, some inconsistencies, and they've also done it on the strength of an incredible lineup and a lot of next man up mentality that has helped this club to do what it's done so far. Again, with many miles left to travel, let's talk about the, the NLE's clinching game, the win for the Braves in number 146 of the 162. So a little ways to go here in the regular season, Atlanta now 96 and 50 best record in baseball. Four runs, they struck early for most of those. Ten hits, no errors, seven men left on base. Phillies, 79 and 67, a run on just four hits, one error, and five men left aboard. Jake, if there's any place for us to start, it's going to have to be what Spencer Strider did, a monumental effort just to get through the first inning, and somehow he ended up making it through seven. He improves to 17 and five on the year. Thoughts on Spencer Strider? I really felt like this was a step he's kind of been looking to take for a while now. He has, and it's truly remarkable. 36 pitches in the first inning, and you're talking about a bullpen that's been worked with the doubleheader on Monday. You don't know who all is going to be available, and you're really hoping Spencer Strider can give you an innings. And he had the extra rest, but he had it because he's coming off a very bad illness. So, again, you weren't sure how long he'd be able to go in this game, and especially after throwing 36 pitches in the first inning, you're hoping he gets through five. And he ends up throwing 110 pitches and gets you through seven innings, allowing just that one run in the first inning. I mean, it is truly one of his better starts of the year when you take in everything going on and to clinch a division as well. So, yeah, just an amazing start. You know, typical dominating type fashion with Strider when he's on like this, 17 swings and misses, mm -hmm. 11 of 22 
on that slider. So just, you know, all the great work and domination that we're used to seeing from him, nine strikeouts, finishes the outing with a nice strikeout. So this is the Spencer Strider that, you know, we all love and see a lot of the time, but there's just been those games this year where he's let things kind of spiral. And you go back to that first inning where things could have spiraled and maybe he had a couple calls that didn't go his way and he settled down, gave up the one run, but didn't let let it be any more than that. And it just really was dominating after that. Yeah, and that really is, I think, the test for him. I mean, mentally, that's one of the hurdles that you want to be able to clear is when everything's going your way, you don't really have to think about it altogether that much. I know he's talked about that. I think John Smoltz has talked about that some on the broadcast as well. And that's just one of those things that, you know, how are you able to answer that adversity when you're not getting those calls or when there is that, you know, base hit that maybe shouldn't have been a base hit that falls in there or when you make that mistake and give up that home run, you don't get that ball back. You got to move on and try to give your team that chance, try to minimize that damage. And I think Spencer's done a good job of that at times, but I think he has said, he's kind of, uh, you know, looked at it in himself and said, this is the area where I need to find the way to improve when things aren't going my way. I would not say that that first inning really went his way, all 36 pitches, but finding his way through that immediately coming out and throwing an 11 pitch frame to kind of right the ship, so to speak, and finding a way to get through seven, very impressive innings. Four hits, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts for Spencer on the night. Both of those runs came in the first inning. Both of his walks came in the first inning. Then he was able to settle himself right down. And on the other side, you know, Christopher Sanchez threw a pretty good game for the Phillies, but he ran into an Austin Riley home run early. The Braves were opportunistic, tacked on a couple of more runs, built up another lead. And despite the fact he pitched into the eighth inning, he was the man on the hook for the loss in this game. He drops to two and four. Kirby Yates was called upon, as Jake mentioned, with the bullpen a little bit taxed from a doubleheader and from having to be used a lot in the first three games of this series. He came on with a no-stress ninth inning, which I think everybody, including Kirby, was very happy to see because the celebration, you had to know, it was only three outs away. So kind of nice to see that the Braves have used different guys at different times to step up in certain roles and at certain times. Kirby Yates got the call for the ninth, and he got the job done. He did, and that's certainly great to see. I think he's going to be one of those key guys back there, you know, with Mentor and Jimenez and Iglesias and those guys. So certainly going to be counting on him to get you some big outs. And then I'm more excited with Brad Hand and back-to-back really good outings from him because with the news of Dylan Lee, expected him to come back and be that other lefty. Well, now you may have to lean on Brad Hand a little bit more against lefties down the stretch and in the postseason. So great to see him with back-to-back stellar outings as well. Yeah, Dylan Lee no longer part of the Braves' plans. They had optioned him down to the minors. That option was canceled. He was placed on the injured list, dealing with more shoulder inflammation. So that would, you know, just looking at the calendar, go to tell you that you're not going to really have time to come back and and be the factor that they were hoping that he would be. But you're right, Brad Hand, he came in. He was able to save a game for the Braves against his former club, the Phillies, his first save since last year when he was wearing a Phillies uniform, and then comes in and takes care of the eighth inning and looks pretty darn good in doing so. You need another lefty in addition to A.J. Minter. I think what Pierce Johnson's done has been outstanding. What Joe Jimenez has done, by and large, for most of the season. Heck, Kirby Yates has played a pretty important role, kind of you know filling in where they need him to fill in. Then, of course, you get to Minter and you get to Iglesias at the end of the game. But it's going to take a group effort, as we know. We saw with the night shift. It's one guy handing the baton to the next to make that run through October and do the things that they want to do. So good to see a couple of guys, maybe not the ones getting all the praise sung or thrown their way or or having the glamorous title or even the biggest contract on the club. Whatever the case is, guys really don't seem to let that get in the way of going out and doing their job and stepping up when the Braves need them to do that. 
We'll talk a little bit about the Braves offense and how they were able to, you know, tack on the runs that they needed early on and grab a lead and turn that lead into a win after I tell you about one of the great sponsors of today's show. And that, of course, is FanDuel. Get ready for NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Is right now new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And all customers who bet that $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now it's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and much, much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Let's kick it back over to the Braves and their offense, which got it started early. And as we've talked about, the Ron Lacuna Jr. show, which was on display yet again with three more hits tonight. But it's not always the same guy power in the lineup tonight. It was Austin Riley. And I thought, Jake, that was kind of nice to see because Austin is a very important part of this team. And his big two-run homer early gave Spencer Strider a cushion to work with. Austin finished with three runs knocked in and was a big part of the Braves offense in a very important game. Yeah, he was, and hopefully we see that, you know, signs of more to come. It's, again, we kind of feel like we've talked about with Riley all year long. It's not that he's been bad. It's that Olsen Acuna have been MVP level, and Riley's still been really good, but he's your key cog in the middle of that order. You want to see those big hits from him, so good to see him have that moment in a division-clinching type game for him to have that two-run homer to get it started. So, again, hopefully that's sign and more to come. Three hard-hit balls in this game as well. So, again, we know when he gets going, how hot he can be and he can carry an offense just as much as Olsen and Acuna can but uh, yeah great stuff from Sanchez you mentioned you know a good job from him pitching and he's been really good uh, somewhat surprised for the Phillies this year a couple lefties Olsen as I uh, talked about mm-hmm. a minute ago and Harris both struggled a little bit tonight against him so really good lefty there and Ch- Sanchez that the Phillies have but everybody else in the order you know had at least one hard hit ball and then you talked about Acuna at the top getting on base three more hits still in another bag yeah, it's just the Ron Lacuna Jr. thing. You're going to see it getting on base at a higher clip than anybody else in the game of baseball. And I know they talked about this some. We've talked about this some. But Ron Lacuna Jr., a lot of years, could be you know, right in line for a batting title. Luis Arise, we don't didn't expect him to necessarily hit 400. Nobody's done it since 1941. Not a knock on him. It's just hard to do. And he's down to about the 350, 349 area. If When I looked at the leaders a little bit earlier, I don't know that Ronald's going to be able to make up 14 points. But my point is, a lot of years, if you hit 335 or better, you've got a pretty good chance to win a batting title. I know Freddie Freeman's right in that mix as well, but that's just one of the many accolades that you could throw on Ronald Acuna Jr. As you know, his on-base skills, the, the old school winning a batting title, I still think it's pretty cool if he's able to do that a few times in his career. I'm sure a lot of other people will too, and he'll probably get a lot of votes in some particular awards. And not only was it Ronald Acuna Jr. doing some big things with a three-for-five night and stolen base number 66, how about Kevin Pillar? Two hits. He came up with a big one, I felt like, an RBI that he was able to knock in, legged out a double. Uh, you know, Kevin Pillar has just continued to, when the opportunity arises, find himself in the middle of good things for the Braves. He's made some outstanding running catches in the outfield. He's come through at the plate, and he just continues to show that he's just a consummate professional and one of the great teammates. And when you look at you know different pieces that have been brought in by the Braves to make this club as good as it is and have the personality that it does, Kevin Pillar has been a dude for this team. He has been. And look, it's one of those veteran guys who's coming in just looking for an opportunity. And, you know, when he's getting it, he is he's ready. And again, that's a huge testament to him. And I think it's been a lot of those guys on the bench, whether it's been him, Nicky Lopez, other guys during the year that have stepped up, Hilliards of the world. I mean, uh, it's just been so 
great to see these guys come off the bench and help out where they can. But Pilar, being a veteran that he is, you know, going through all the battles he has, being a starting player and now in a different role and different part of his life, you know, you get these opportunities and just come through and give it his all. You know that you're going to get that from him mm-hmm. every time that he's out here. I think it's, I think it's had a big impact on this team and maybe one that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, we'll be happy to talk about it right here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Braves postcast, and, and for good reason, because I do think Kevin Pillar, and it's not lost on him, the opportunity that he had. I know he's talked to Timer 3 this year about opportunities to win a World Series. What club was going to give him the best one? He felt like it was the Atlanta Braves, and as we noticed back in spring training, there were a lot of outfielders in camp vying for a role on the big league club. When Kevin Pillar signed, I kind of thought, wow, it's, it's a numbers game. Maybe they're going to talk him into – you know, going down to Gwinnett and hanging out just in case they need somebody because there's the Blue Jays connection between he and Alex Anthopoulos. And boy, was I wrong. He didn't have to spend a whole bunch of time in Gwinnett. In fact, he was able to do some very good things for the Atlanta club throughout the course of this season. Uh, as the Braves clinched their sixth consecutive National League East title, we flash back to a year ago. It happened in game number 161. The Braves pretty much had to go, you know, pedal to the metal all the way down to the wire to win the NL East. They do it in game 146 here in 2023. As far as dates are concerned, the only other time that the Atlanta Braves clinched the division earlier was 1995. Jake, that was a pretty good year. They clinched it on the same date that they did in 1996. They also went to the World Series that year. Uh, I wish that could have been a little bit different, and so does uh, teenage me. But putting that aside, this is a club that, again, is hoping to have the first of four champagne celebrations. They know they've got to go three rounds in the playoffs to achieve their dream. But this is one that Brian Snicker told me when I sat down with him way back in spring training. Our goal is to win the division. Everything good for us starts there, and that's the thing we want to get done. And once again, for the sixth consecutive year, the Braves got it done. Yeah, I mean, that has to be your first goal and your mindset going into any season. And uh, you got to win that division. I know there's a wild card spots, but, uh, you know, winning that division, getting one of those top two seeds, I still feel like that is the best case scenario right now in this playoff format. I I mean, no, I know now the talk's going to be, you know, rest versus rust how do you maintain that you know you look at last year and as you said it was pedal to the metal the whole way through mm-hmm. and you can make an excuse me there was exhaustion because they had to fight till the very end well now it's the exact opposite they've clinched with two and a half weeks so how do you deal with that rest i don't think there's an easy answer i don't think nobody has the answer but one thing i do know you want to win that division you want to try to get that by and then just let the chips fall where they may but uh you know certainly it just again the incredible uh, season that this team has had and just the dominance that they've had from beginning to end. It's just, it, it's truly incredible. I like that every, a lot of people in the post game were talking about, you know, getting that home field advantage. You know, I think that's way another way to just, you know, stay engaged, continue to have something to play for here down the stretch. And uh, I think, you know, Kelly asked Sean Murphy, well, what's next? And he's like, well, we got two weeks of baseball left to play in the regular season. I mean, and that's just yep. uh, kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, that is the the challenge, I think. And, you know, one of the things I wrote down that we're going to talk a little bit about here in a moment is, you know, what is ahead in this final couple of weeks? But I'm with you with what I heard from the postgame celebration and those interviews. I know I talked to Austin Riley about this before, and I, I believe he told Brandon Gauden, like, yeah, that home field advantage played a big role in our 2021. If we have to go play the, the L.A. Dodgers in their house as opposed to starting the series in ours, how different could that series look? We'll never know. And fortunately, we don't have to worry about it because the Braves handled their business, but they'd like to have that advantage again. And I do believe it is an advantage to be playing at home as opposed to, A, having to play an extra three-game series to advance to the division series, or B, just not being able to control your destiny in the way that you'd like to. I think that there is value in that rest, but how can they tackle that problem? 
You know, Ozzy Albies also said something that I love, which was this is just the beginning for us of what we want to do and what we want to win this year. And we have a lot out in front of us and we have to go all the way. I think, you know, a lot of fans have asked, and I know I've talked about a lot on social, and I don't know why the answer would be anything else. Is it World Series or bust for the Atlanta Braves? Jake, I feel like that's one of the easiest questions and answers that we've gotten all year long because the answer is yes. World Series or bust, and they know it. Yeah, I mean, this isn't 2018 where the Braves got in and you were just happy to be there. You knew it was a first-round exit most likely. That's not where this team is right now, and it's honestly not where they've been for the past three years. I think you could say three or four years. So, uh, you know, this team, when they're going into a season, they're you know their first goal is obviously to win the division, as we said, but you know this team is built to win a World Series, and that is their goal, and it's realistic. I mean, this team, uh, again, they're at 96 wins. They've clinched the division with two and a half weeks left. This is one of the best teams in baseball. I don't think that's going out on a limb to say that. So that, you know, that is the you know expectation for this team. That's where it should be, and they certainly have a great chance of doing that. They definitely do. As far as the race for best record, we talked about this a little bit after the second day of the series, the third game of the series. But if you look at it, they've had about a six or seven game lead by and large on the Dodgers for quite a while now, despite how hot LA got the Braves have been able to hold them off for best record in the national league. The Baltimore Orioles, meanwhile, have been able to stay within about three or four games of the Braves. And we'll see what this final couple of weeks has to uh, how it plays out for all three of those teams, because I feel like those are the only real challengers for the Braves in terms of best record in baseball, which Atlanta certainly has right now at 96 and 50, Uh, You brought it up a little bit. I feel like we can touch on this for a moment before we get out of here, but what's ahead for Atlanta to close out the regular season? Well, obviously the home field element we just talked about. A little bit of rest here for some starting pitchers, maybe managing the bullpen a little bit differently if you can, mixing in a couple of minor league arms here and there. And I don't know, it may may feel like kind of a bad word in this house, but a day of rest or two for some regulars that have been playing every day, I don't know. They're going to get a chance to reset when the season's over, but Whatever you can do to get this club as healthy as it can be for the division series, that's something that wasn't happening a year ago with a sick Max Freed and Spencer Strider battling an oblique injury. Yeah, the main thing for me that I'm watching down the stretch is how do they handle the pitching staff and making sure that, you know, you got all your starters healthy, but for me in particular, it's Max Freed and Spencer Strider. Keeping those guys healthy and fresh and ready to go. You got those two atop your rotation. I feel really good about this team's chances with the lineup that they have. Obviously, Morton, part of that mix as well. What happens with Kyle Wright down the stretch? What role does he play? I think it's a big storyline here the rest of the way. And look, maybe Ronald and Matt Olson play every game, but maybe you put them in the DH like Snit mm-hmm. did with Ronald the other day to get them off their legs. I think that could be you know, a good way to go about it. And you know, you have clinched so early, and Frenchie talked about this in the broadcast, that maybe you give them a little bit rest now, but that final week, I think you play everybody, you get them ready, you get make sure you get their timing down as much as they can because then you got those, what, three or four off days before you, that you start the division series. Yeah, I mean, baseball players are creatures of habit. I know they want that rest. They need that rest in some cases. I felt like last year that was the only way you were going to have a fighting chance to maybe have Max Freed be healthy and possibly get Spencer Strider back at all was to have that time. Unfortunately, it didn't play out. And a tip of the cap to the Phillies, who, again, it's it's ironic that the Braves season ended a year ago at Citizens Bank Park, whereas you know the Phillies' you know chances of winning the NL East this year were ended tonight. But the mission for both teams is still right out there in front of them. This is a club that the Braves could see again. Matt Olson said, we got a lot of respect for this Phillies club. We'll see how the postseason all plays out. We'll talk a little bit about what's next for the Braves on this road trip. They got a, a little jaunt down to Miami to hang out with the Miami Marlins for three games before they come back home. And I believe they're going to see the Philadelphia Phillies again. So 
uh, will be pretty familiar with all the combatants out there on the field. I want to tell you about another of our great sponsors, though, and that, of course, is Jace Medical. And at Jace Medical, it's simple. You go online, fill out the form, then you get your prescriptions and life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Braves and Marlins will open their three-game series. Bryce Elder on the mound for the Braves on Friday night. He's 12-4, and four, pitcher yet to be determined for Miami. Uh, the Marlins, their wild card hopes, they're still very much alive as we head into the final couple of weeks. Jake, this should be an interesting weekend for the Braves and especially for the Marlins. Yeah, and I think it's good. Obviously, the Braves, you know, mentioned trying to, you know, stay engaged, stay in that postseason mind frame to be able to play teams who are trying to get those postseason spots. I think they're going to give the Marlins, you know, everything they can handle, play the best there and uh, try to knock them out. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, playing the Marlins, I don't know if you can knock the Phillies out, but you got a chance to maybe, you know, knock out some of your division rivals here down the stretch as well. So I think that'll be good. Seeing Bryce Elder, what he can do, is he going to get that four start? in the postseason rotation. I know that's obviously what he's playing for and been really good and huge for the Braves this season. So looking forward to that series and seeing what the Braves can do to continue things down the stretch and looking forward to watching Acuna and seeing what numbers he can put up. Yeah, Ronald does have a couple of weeks left with three home runs to get to 40 on the year. Can he get to the 70 stolen bases as well? You could certainly add to that MVP case. No, oh, by the way, Matt Olson, a rare 0 for 4 He's got a chance to break Andrew Jones' single-season home run record. They're tied at 51 apiece. A lot of records for the Atlanta Braves ahead in the next couple of weeks that they may not have been focused on, and they may still not be focused on, but it would be pretty cool to see the team hit the most home runs in Major League Baseball history en route to doing some very big things that I'm sure are very much in the focus of all the men wearing a Braves uniform night to night. Friday's game, one of the three-game series against Miami. is Bryce Elder on the mound for the Braves. He's 12-4. and four. A 6.40 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch at Lone Depot Park down in Miami. That'll bring us to the close of this edition of the Braves Postcast. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us after just about each and every Braves game. We do our best to bring you these conversations. This, always a fun one. The Braves take their first big step toward what they want to do in October, winning the National League East for the sixth consecutive time. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. You click that bell, you'll get notified every time we drop a new episode. Leave us a like and a comment. Share the show with a friend. We always appreciate that. And make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, the Braves with a 4-1 win over the Phillies. They take three out of four in the series. They win the National League East for the sixth consecutive year. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. We'll be back with you this weekend against Miami. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 